Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, for those of you who listened in last week with our holiday special with Mr. Hank Zona, he has come back to our studio to talk about uh, more wine and food uh, for New Year's. Hank, welcome back to the program. Darrell. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. I hope you've had a good week. Oh, we've had an awesome week Always and some awesome great. wine. Yeah. Um, Frank, for those who are just tuning in and don't know Hank Zona, who is the owner and host of the Grapes Unwrapped, can you just share a little bit about your background? Sure. I'm I'm a uh, wine educator and events professional, and, and I basically do all things wine related. Uh, I, I put together. Events. Uh, I put together uh, speaking engagements. I do some writing. I do video. I uh, hopefully this year we'll start running trips. Uh, I've done enough trips myself <laughs> over the past few years. I was in France earlier this year in the south of France in, in the in the fall uh, in Italy uh, a few times in the past few years. For, very fortunately, and and in different wine regions here in the United States. So I'm hoping to now bring bring people there and share some of those experiences with folks too. You know, um, hearing you talk about you know, wine and food over the last quite a few years because we've known mm-hmm. each other quite some time. Yeah. You know, and then now you're, now you're talking about getting involved in travel. Mm-hmm. You know, the Perillo Tours. Yeah, yeah. You know, <coughs> I, 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 yeah. right, but I, I, I can imagine being on a, a, a trip with you and going to some amazing restaurant with some amazing food and amazing wine. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, let's, let's talk about that. You know, recently mm-hmm. you were in the south of France mm-hmm. And um, there was a particular region that you were in, and there was mm-hmm. there was a wine that you noticed which had a particular good year. And yeah. the, the I guess <laughs> the owner of the restaurant asked you why did you yeah. choose that? Yeah, yeah. Tell I was us a, about that story. I was in the uh, I was in the Languedoc region, which is uh, which is in the south, and it's an in- a really interesting area because it's uh, in kind of in between Provence and Spain. So there's a real strong Spanish influence in that area. The foods are fantastic. People people were wonderful. They real they really were. And uh, I walked into a, a well-known restaurant in, in, in one area in, in, in the south, and I saw this fantastic wine list. And uh, there's a wine there from a great year, 2007, and, and I ordered it. And the, and the thing is, you know, we get – the prices here can be sometimes uh, astronomical, but prices there were fantastic. And, and I noticed it was one of the best wineries in this region, and it was probably the – Exchange rate would have been about forty-five dollars for the bottle of wine for right. two thousand seven. What, what would that bottle of wine, if you like, you say, if you, if could you have can found, even get it here? Right. Uh, you know, we're talking at least twice that much. Uh, and, you know, forty-five would have, would not have probably even been the retail price. And again, because it was cellar aged there, you know, it was almost ten years old. You wouldn't even be able to find it on a shelf here. So, so you know, and one of the reasons why I went to that restaurant and had that great reputation it was a fantastic meal, very casual too. It was really a family restaurant within this one small town. At the end of the meal, the, sh- the owner came up to me and he says, I don't mean any disrespect, but why did you pick that bottle of wine? Uh, thinking I was probably just any old tourist passing through the area. And I said, look, it was a fantastic year. This is one of the best wineries within a few kilometers of your restaurant. And your prices were fantastic. You know, to me, um, you know, I don't want to be the ugly American. And uh, I don't want to be the ugly anything, for that sure. matter. You, you, one of the reasons we travel is it's is to learn about these cultures and to and to be with these people and to see how they live and uh, 
uh, and, and do what they do and eat what they do. Uh, I, I think one, one of the things that's given me credibility, I don't walk in and tell people I work in the wine business when I walk into a, a restaurant, whether it's here in New Jersey or in some other state or some other country. But but I do want to have what's local. I do want to have uh, what, what, the, what the folks are eating and drinking there. And I think that has helped me in my travels overseas. It's given me credibility when I'm in northern Italy. And I don't ask for a California Cabernet or even a wine from Tuscany. But when I say, no, I want to eat what comes right out of the lake here. I want to drink what's what's grown right up the road here. And and uh, and I think you, you can see the difference in, in the... Uh, and the expressions uh, of of the people that work in in in, in these establishments right away they they know that you're you're interested you want in, to, in you want to know you're interested in their culture in respect to their culture especially when when it's you know that local yeah i was my wife and i we're foodies and we were watching um top chef mm-hmm. the latest edition mm-hmm. i guess they're in charleston south carolina ah, i was there and, earlier this year too <laughs> and they were talking about how the food industry there has really relied on the local, mm-hmm. the local catch, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> right out the, their backyard, yeah. and how, how the fresh and, and the taste of of the food is of the seafood is just incredible. It it really is. You know, it's funny you say that because in the spring, uh, my wife and I we did a week uh, from Savannah up to Charleston, and we spent a couple of days in Beaufort, uh, which is uh, which is somewhat famous for, uh, for some of the scenes from uh, Forrest Gump being from there. Right. the bridge he runs right. across. But w- but we uh, went off on onto the island, and we were near near Learning Center where Dr. Martin Luther King wrote his "I Have a Dream" speech. It was it was one of the few areas where where people of of all races could get together. And, and not be subjected to blatant racism at the time. Mm-hmm. And right down the road, uh, you know, we passed a place called MJ's Diner, Soul Food, MJ's Soul Food Diner. And, and it happened to be adjacent to some docks with shrimp boats. And I said, we're eating here. We're eating here. We're eating here. Yeah, it was iced tea and fried shrimp and, and all the sides. And, you know, and you know, and I guess you could say that's the equivalent of of what I was eating when I was in the south of France or when I was in northern Italy last year. Uh, I, I want to have what's coming right there, what what, what the folks from right there, what the folks are eating locally. And uh, and you're right. It's you know, as much as tourism is, is pushes Charleston's food scene and Savannah's food scene. Uh, you know, I went to some places where the locals were, were eating too, and they're eating just as well. So oh, maybe not yes. as expensively, but they're eating well, just well, as well. Well, well I, I tell you, uh, a lot of times when Deb and I venture out, mm-hmm. uh, we like to go to the local places where the local folks eat because yeah. you know one thing: the food is going to be delicious. Yeah, it's going to be. Great. You know, it's great. I um, you know, we talked last show. I, I've started doing a lot more video again this year, and uh, you know, under, under the name of uh, Hank's Wine Shorts as part of the Grapes Unwrapped. One of the first videos I did was with a, a young guy who opened a restaurant in the Ironbound, uh, a Spanish, a Spanish-born, uh, and uh, he's not on the main drag in the Ironbound in Newark. He is in a house seven blocks off of Ferry Street. Okay, he lives upstairs. Okay, and and it's, it this is the kind of place you'd want in your neighborhood. It is a neighborhood restaurant that has gotten a tremendous following. I think we had eighteen hundred views after the first weekend, and we just talked about wines, uh, you know, traditional 
Northwestern uh, Galician uh, Spanish food, uh, like octopus and other great dishes, and and wines Ooh, that pair with it, like Albarino, yes. which we talked about in the last show. Yeah. And uh, you know, he and his father built the restaurant. Uh, he's, he's got such a following. Ross Baraka goes there on a regular basis. Cory Booker goes there on a regular basis. Uh, a lot, a lot of folks since the video uh, from all over now and, and other publicity he's gotten have gone there. And wow. you know, that's the kind of place I want to eat at. It's not expensive. It's comfortable. It's a neighborhood restaurant and bar. When you come down to it, uh, there's no white linen in sight, but it's it's a great meal and, and it's comfortable. And, and, and we have to support these restaurants, Absolutely. And we, you know, be, because uh, they need our support. They on, do on a consistent basis if we want to have that special meal. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes. There was an article that I posted uh, I on I guess it was on Facebook uh, about the the new um, restaurants that are propping up in Newark mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I, I just put a post Newark is on the rise absolutely is. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Is. I mean Marcus Samuelson's opening a restaurant in Newark uh, in that new uh, was it the old Bamberger's building is or yes, Hainesville right yes, and, yes. And, the, the yeah. Hain- it was the Haines Haines building Haines building yes, yes. And, I got, and, and I mean you know, I, I venture up to uh, Red Rooster uh, up in Harlem to to eat at his place, and I and I, I've eaten at Aquavit when he was a chef there, and he's talking about super following. And, yes, and a, and a, I w- I I had a meal at Aquavit when he was there yeah. years ago. Stri- striking yeah. restaurant. Yes, and, yes. And Red Rooster is just a blast. I I don't think I've been in a restaurant, and I've been in a bunch of them in the past number of years that's had the same feel and vibe that Red Rooster has and uh, well he's he's such a, a genuine person I had the opportunity of, of meeting him and did an interview with him um, at a TEDx event in Harlem oh, wow. and uh, he was very kind very generous mm-hmm. to to those uh, to depressed that was there yeah. And uh, that was before he he had opened Red Rooster. Mm-hmm. He was he was in the planning stages there. Interesting. Very nice gentleman. Yeah, very nice and gentleman. and obviously very talented too. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's exciting that he's going to Newark, but there's lots of other really good restaurants open there. Uh, other aspects in the food movement. I mean, some great wine shops. I love to go to on Ferry Street. There is. Um, uh, th- there's even some of these pretty interesting organic uh, vertical farms down there. You know, yeah. uh, one of the uh, Arrow Farms, I think, you know, which I'd love to go and do a video at, where where they're growing in the warehouses now. You know, hydroponically, aeroponically, That's uh, right. f- you know, That's right. greens that you just can't find anywhere else. Right. And they talk about great use of space. I'm on the board of the Greater Newark Enterprise Corporation, and uh. we provide funding to startup businesses. Mm-hmm. And one of our award winners i should i should have remembered their name but um they have a um i guess you would call it a, a co-op um uh, uh, vegetable uh, mm-hmm, garden mm-hmm. yes 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 um where you know people come there you work for free mm-hmm. but you're you're able to take vegetables mm-hmm. home with mm-hmm. you so it allows people to 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 work and get something for the benefit of right. their work, right? And um, yeah, and good for it's, it's, right, it's good right right downtown Newark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's wow. and, and I think that's uh, such a good thing, such an important thing too. So, uh, who are you going to be toasting for the uh, <laughs> football championship? We we get, we got the playoffs coming up, wow. and um, you know my daughter is a, uh, is at Penn State. State, so we're a little disappointed <laughs> that they, they they couldn't get into the big day. But the Rose Bowl is is good. Um, who are you, who who are you going to be toasting for this yeah, year? You know I I don't know. I've um, 
I'm more of a basketball fan than than a football fan when it comes to when it comes to college sports uh, in general too. I, mean, I do I do follow my Giants. I was a Dolphin fan as a youth. I was a big Bob Greasy fan. Then Dan, oh, Reno. I know I, you're a big Dolphin I, fan. I'm I know sorry. you are. <laughs> I tell you, I've been a Dolphin fan since 1967. Wow! So back to the Bob Greasy when he first before started, then, even before, before him, yeah. Well, yeah. and the reason why um, I I was in Atlantic City and I played for the Atlantic City Dolphins. Ah, oh, so, now mm-hmm. I, now I know. Yeah, that that, that, that that makes sense. And and, the, and Don Shula came the next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that and that's when things changed. Yeah. So it's interesting. College football. You know, one of the things I do uh, kind of every year is I, I write a blog, um, not so much with the football playoffs, but with the uh, with the Sweet Sixteen. And I I try to see if my if I can pick. The schools based on on the wines of the region. Oh, right. oh and, there you uh, go. Oh, that that is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. the California schools have an edge. Washington State, New York State, uh, North, but some surprising places: North Carolina, Virginia, right. Michigan. Okay. Uh, you know, wines being produced in all fifty states these That's days, right. and, right. and in some cases, very good wine right. where you wouldn't expect it from. So uh, you, you know, we, you know, you, you got to get a pool going and let some of us <laughs> participate in it. That would be good. I think, we, I think we should do that. We should do. That. Oh, that is March great. Be here before we know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe Seton Hall might make make, make uh, the, the the tournament. I, you know, I'm. Uh, you know, I, I think it's. I think it's fun to see. It's fun to yeah. see when they're doing well. And uh, you know, one of the things that that is really interesting, as I still follow high school sports too, is that uh, y- you know people don't realize that people, even if they don't have a tie, a direct tie to to schools, whether it's a high school or a college. Uh, the people who are in those communities community. really do re- do relate to them. And, Absolutely, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, and and these events, just just like dinners and wine events, they're they're all very social for a lot of people. It's it's community. And you're still uh, president of the uh, the boosters. I am still president of the booster club at the thank high school Columbia really, High School. Really, really, yeah. I mean, thank you for your support there because what your boosters do for. All activities in the community of South Orange and Maplewood is phenomenal. Thank, thank you. You know, I, I just uh, I'm of the belief, you know, uh, just as your daughters graduated from Columbia High School and had a great experience there, my kids have both graduated. But uh, most of the folks on on the board, th- their kids have graduated from the high school. But I think we're of the belief that a uh, a strong high school. Uh, is is vital to a strong community, yes. and having strongly supported extracurricular yes. activities yes. makes for a stronger high school. And and we've supported over seventy five different groups since the year two thousand alone, yes. in some aspect financially, which is, I think, speaks really to the community and and the breadth. And and you want to talk about diversity? That's true diversity of a community right. where you have seventy five different right. types of organizations, large and small. Because all of the you know folks involved in the arts, right? There's a lot of activities there. Right. I, I know when my daughter was in the theater, yeah, uh, Columbia High School, how the the boosters supported that. Your daughter is a good example though of of our community. And, you know, there's a young woman who was involved. Not just in the arts, but in sports as right. well. Soccer. You know, it, it, you, you, and and a lot of kids in our community are like that, and you don't right. find that. That's not a given in a lot of communities, right. where, where 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 a kid can have such a such a a range of of experiences and involvement in a community. I, as I like to tell people, you know, it wasn't that many years ago where the captain of the baseball team was also the lead singer 
uh, had had the male lead in the musical, the oh, high school right. too, right? So right. that's uh, you know uh, we may even take these things for granted you know, in our community because it is so so easily accepted. And but I think that's a great thing and supported absolutely. Yep. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with my very dear friend, Mr. Hank Zona, who is the owner and host of the Grapes Unwrapped. Hank, where can people find your your website and information? Uh, I'm at the, thegrapesunwrapped.com. Uh, mm-hmm. You you can find me easily on Facebook on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying it all, aren't we? And, right. and seeing That's what right. works. And, um, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's easy to find me. And I love when people find me because I, I, like, to, I like to share. You know, I like to share what, what I know and what I'm doing with folks. How do you feel? You know, I, 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 I love wine and champagne. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But when I see people celebrating and they're spraying it all around, <laughs> I, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, it's funny you say that because, uh, uh, you know, I think, you know, we look at old movies and we see, uh, you know, what, what do people do? They pop the champagne right. cork, right? which, of course, you know, uh, 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 all I can think of is when you're a kid and someone says, don't do that. You'll, you'll lose an eye. You'll poke an eye out right. or something. But, but what you're doing is you're losing the effervescence of the wine when you do that, and you're losing the wine itself. Right. And let's face it, it's, I guess if you're, uh, if you're playing for a, a team that just won the championship and you're going to make millions, you can waste the wine, even though I have looked at some of the labels in those celebrations. And a lot of times it's not really good wine that they're okay. wasting. <laughs> okay. so, uh, um, yeah, but the, but the key is, you know, when I open up a sparkling wine, I try to try to create as little pop as possible. Ah, because that's, that's good to know. Yeah, and 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 just just want to get a little like when you open okay. it because you don't want to uh, again you you want to keep as much of the effervescence as possible and, and you don't want to lose the wine. Uh, you know something I've always often wondered about. You know when folks have the the big bottle of champagne mm-hmm. and they have the knife and they yeah, it works. <laughs> is that safe? <laughs> is it safe? It, uh, um, the shards of glass? <laughs> no, I mean honestly, because of the pressure in the bottle and and the and the sharpness of the knife, it does create a clean cut. Oh wow! Believe it or not, but at the same time, I would just assume open it in in a much more boring manner and. Uh, uh, you know, because the last thing you want to do is, is stop the flow of a party because you, some, some, some parlor trick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Often wondered about that. And so for the month of January, there's an event that's coming up later on um, this month. Yeah, I, uh, actually, going? I'm going to be doing an event in Maplewood. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was asked to speak at the uh, Maplewood Green Team, which, okay. which has been meeting their 10th anniversary, where they've been meeting on a regular basis mm-hmm. to discuss a whole range of environmental uh, issues and and I said and the group is called green drinks and mm-hmm. I said if you're gonna have green drinks you might as well have green drinks so one of the things I'm, I'm uh, I've talked about at one of their very first meetings 10 years ago and we'll be talking about again this year I hope is uh, is really how to drink organically and drink sustainably uh, you, you know it's 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 interesting I, I got to sp- speak to a group a few years ago that was very much committed to organic farming and and eating and I asked this group of about 40 people who here only drinks organic wine, and nobody raised their hand. And I said, I'm not here to expose you as posers, but but uh, you're, you're confirming my point, which is that we pay a lot more attention to the food we put in our mouths than the grown-up beverages we put in our mouths. Uh, I'm finding just in those few years, people are paying a lot more attention mm. to uh, you know. Th- to, to the to the genesis, if you will, of, of where their wine comes from. People are much more interested in drinking locally, and I've done a lot of work with some of the better wineries now in New Jersey. Uh, they are interested to 
with to find that that uh, if the wine is organic. And as I say, maybe organic isn't necessarily as important as how well cared for it is. Uh, if the if it's hand picked, if it's a small batch production, if it's artisanally produced. Uh, one of the things I learned early on was when you meet a winemaker, look at their hands, because you you they tell a lot. They they tell you if uh, if that person's actually involved in the process or if they're off somewhere else and uh, and if they're involved in the process and if their family's living there on the property and they've got their pets running around there's a good chance they're not doing anything that bad to the to the fruit and to the soil uh, one, one of the f- great things I got to do this year on that trip to France was I got to visit a winery called Chateau Maris and and they even brought mm. along a little uh, a can oh. a can of their wine oh, wow. but but interesting about Chateau Maris is that they are biodynamic which is you know taking organics to to a much higher level uh, they have a, a winery made of hemp bricks, which, which makes them carbon negative. They have horses plowing some of their fields. They, they do so much work in sustainability and organic fruit uh, production uh, and making their wines. And um, they're owned by, uh, by a Wall Street guy in New York, Kevin Parker, who my wife worked for many years ago, Morgan Stanley, who now runs a green investment fund. And, and this winery, Chateau Maris, is, is really the uh, sort of the, the, the jewel within the, in that. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I think, not the wave of the future. It's the wave of, of the present and moving into the future where we're now um, uh, wines being produced cleanly. Uh, if, if you will, or being produced better or being better cared for or handled uh, are going to be m- much easier to find. And, and, you know, you can drink these wines and not have to spend a fortune. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, my impressions of winemaking was, you know, the people standing in the, yeah. mashing the grapes. <laughs> yeah, like the I Love Lucy skit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some wineries still do that because it's kind of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it's, it is a traditional way, believe it or not, of, of squeezing grapes uh, and probably gentler than a lot of machines, and, you know, machine harvesting. And, uh, you know, and, and, and that's one of the things I, I look at, too. And, again, even if a winery is not organic, like in the northeast of uh, the United States, uh, the, the wine grape growing is very difficult to do organically in the Northeast because of high humidity in the summer, much more susceptible to mold and to rot. So, so they have to intervene somehow. And but you know, but the winery though that's still picking by hand, uh, or only intervening when necessary, is uh, it, to me <clears throat> tells a lot more than if it was organic or not. Right. So, uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about that when you had mentioned the. Um, the humidity here in the mm-hmm. Northeast. How has the variations in our climate mm-hmm. affected the wine business? Tremendously. Uh, there are regions in this world that are becoming too hot. Now, you know, and, and it's an interesting conversation because, uh, as we know, oftentimes it gets political where people talk about climate change and some people will say it exists, some people will say it doesn't exist. And I like to say this isn't political. I talk to winemakers around the world and the climate's changed. Uh, there, you know, I'll give you a good example. Having gone to Cornell, talking to winemakers in the Finger Lakes, you know, 30, 35 years ago when I was up there, a lot of the wineries couldn't make the quality of red wines that they're making now because it never got warm enough in the summer or enough sustained heat. And not that there's sustained high heat every summer, but some years it's it's really good and they're mm-hmm. producing some much better quality mm-hmm. red wines. Uh, New Jersey as well. Uh, you know, one, of, one of the things I did a tasting last year for um, Garden State Wine Growers Association, excuse me, I did a talk at, um, uh, at, their, at their fall wine festival. And my topic was 
really putting New Jersey wine in perspective with wines that people are more familiar with, say California wines or wines from Italy. And I said, you know, we're never going to have enough sustained heat. As awful as we think our summers are here in right. the humidity, we're never going to have as much sustained heat as they do in other regions. So our wines are only going to get to a certain alcohol level, a certain degree of ripeness. So we can't compare a, a Cabernet at 12% alcohol from New Jersey to a Cabernet of 15.5% alcohol from California. Uh, so you have to have that understanding uh, right. to be able to compare and, and put them in perspective. Well, Hank, believe <laughs> it or not, uh, we have a few minutes left, and I think you have some uh, yeah. wine that you wanted to, uh, dessert wine that you wanted to talk about. We do, because we about. talk dessert wine, we yes. talk sparkling wine. Yes. It, it is New Year's Eve. Yes. Um, one of the things I'm finding is that you know people... People love chocolate. Did you ever? Did you know that at all? That people love chocolate. People, let me tell you. <laughs> um, my my colleague and I, John Hoffman, we teach up here at Seton Hall. Uh -huh. We teach professional <clears throat> selling, and the students, MBA students, mm -hmm. had to do their presentations. And one young lady works for Mars Chocolate. Oh, I wasn't familiar with their Dove brand of chocolate. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. brought a lot of samples. Uh, uh, was she able to talk much about Mars? Because Mars is a pretty interesting company, right? You know, <laughs> um, she. She she did her project. She did an excellent job on her her project, but I think she was being very careful yeah. not to. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting company, yeah. well-run company, interesting company. Yeah. So, uh, people love chocolate and they love wine. They, I get asked this all the time, and sorry for crinkling here, but I brought along some chocolate cookies oh, from the Abel Baker in Maplewood because how can you have a wine and chocolate pairing without something chocolate? Absolutely. So um, oh, so you. these are a double chocolate mm. cookie, oh, and boy. the wine that I have. Uh, is is called Brachetto. Brachetto is a is a, a wine from Piemonte. Uh, a lot of people know about Moscato, which mm -hmm. is a low alcohol, low fizz, uh, slightly sweet wine. Uh, great aperitif, great with cheeses, great with mm -hmm. with desserts. Uh, Brachetto is very similar. It's a red wine, uh, also from Piemonte in Italy. Low alcohol again, five five six percent alcohol, uh, low fizz. Uh, but it's strawberries in a glass. If you if you taste this, mm. the smell of strawberries and floral, and I just think that taste of like a berry oh taste of chocolate. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, goes cheers! Oh, cheers! Boy. Cheers! Goes really fantastic together. Mm. So, so I'm going to talk and with food in my mouth or beverage in my mouth here and taste some of this chocolate cookie. Mmm, and some of those. That wine, it's, it's a nice wine. It's not overly sweet. No, but it 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 explodes. Yeah. with the cookie. Yeah, I mean it, it's a you know berry a berry mm. and chocolate pairing it's is very. Where are these cookies from? The Abel Baker in Maplewood, <laughs> which is a fantastic bakery, mm. and uh, Julie Johnson Paul is the owner, and uh, there's lines out the door there usually. Uh, I, I think they even got written up glowingly in the Times, uh, which, which is not not common for a, for a bakery. Uh, but again, I, I love that combination. I first found this, I first discovered this this wine a number of years ago. I was doing a Girl Scout cookie and wine pairing, where I first kind of got some notoriety for. I got written up in a Times article uh, by Tammy Lagorce a number of years ago about about wine educators mm. in New Jersey. And and I the line I think I used was that that combination of of the peanut butter cookie, the dosy -si dough -si -do Girl Scout cookie with this strawberry in a glass was, was, was what it tasted like to me. It, it, it was like. Uh, uh, reminded me of what Proust said when uh, when uh, when he was transported back to his childhood when he had that first tea-soaked Madeleine. To me, it was like a grown-up peanut butter and jelly sandwich, having that peanut butter cookie and this strawberry 
almost flavored kind of wine made, made from a grape, made from grapes. So again, I just thought it was a fantastic pairing with chocolate too. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Little light, nice little low yes. rice fizz to yeah. it too. And mm. easy to drink. If you're in Piemonte, they probably would start a meal with this. Think, think about having a mm-hmm. summer salad with berries and cheese yes. in this yes. too. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, and, and it's a nice, easy, comfortable wine to drink. Oh, wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. Ooh. Mm. I mm. like that too. Wow. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, we've had the opportunity of now, I think you've been on the show, I think this is the fourth appearance on I the show. I think so, yeah. Fourth year in a row. Yeah. Um, and everything, We're a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> and every time you come on the show, you, 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 you give us an advanced look at what's coming up in the future. Mm-hmm. And you come back and you've done it. <laughs> What, what's on tap? I know you, you talked about the yeah. trips. Yeah, I'm hoping to put together trips this year. Uh, I'm looking to maybe put together a trip to Italy. I'm looking at some domestic trips, perhaps to the Finger Lakes or North Fork or, or even Virginia. I've been to Virginia a couple of times in the past four years, and there's it's a great combination of mm-hmm. a, a trip, a history trip, and also mm-hmm. some some great food and wine yes. down there as well. Yes. Uh, whether it's centered in Charlottesville or up kind of north mm-hmm. near the top of Skyline Drive. Uh, more videos. I've got some great, interesting stories to be told. You know, to me, I'm a storyteller more than anything. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a classroom educator. I share stories, and everyone's got a wine story. Uh, yes. In fact, I, mean, I even ask people to tell me their wine stories oh, now. Nice. I'm starting to do that, and uh, so we're, we're working on stories and a lot more events. That'd be a nice coffee table book. Uh, I think the grapes you know, unwrapped wine stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me a wine story. Yeah. So that, I think that's what we're going to be working on more this year. So uh, and more events, more cork side events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing an increase in interest to do more more corporate events too. I think because uh, again, it's uh, we we talked about elevating that cocktail party oh, uh, yeah. you know, to something else and getting something out of it. Right. But but again, I think people are are showing a lot more interest now in, mm-hmm. in wanting to be mm-hmm. more comfortable and learn about wine. Wow. Ha- have a good little kind of base of knowledge. Mm. Well, Hank, thanks for coming on the program. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Darrell. And and because it's New Year, Uh-oh. I did bring along a bottle of wine oh, for you and Deb. You are so kind. Uh, you are so kind. Uh, so. One of the things we did at Corkside was I, I've kind of uh, tried to improve their, their wines there So uh, o- over at the club. Oh. And this has been the most popular sparkling wow. wine there, a Navarin Brut Ooh. Rose Cava from Spain. So uh, we had a cava last year that you gave us. That's right, and and this is another one that I found that we really like. So, uh, (laughs) as I said, you've—I like to pour it forward, and I love sharing this, and I love sharing with you. And uh, happy New Year! Happy New Year! I wish you all the best in 2017, and thanks so much for having me in again. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up this week with Hank Zona of the Grapes Unwrapped. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great day. Great. New Year's Eve and great New Year, and may you have all the best health to you and your family for outstanding 2017. Take care.